you're a master already. You had, you did. I, it took me one try. That's it. We're, you're already, you are officially the co-host. See, wasn't that easy? That's Thank all it you. takes. It's because I have you. Oh, stop. It's because I have you. Uh, so, do you, do you want me to do the intro? Or since this is like your first, I mean, it's your second episode, but like your first official co-host episode. Oh, maybe you should do okay. it. Okay. Like as introduced. <laughs> okay. Everybody, everybody shut up. This is so exciting. So, welcome back to Oddities. Um, <laughs> welcome back to Strange Town. I'm Cassie and I have my bestie who has agreed to officially be my co-host. Today we have Kelly again. Say hello. Hi everyone. I'm so excited to be here. I'm like I'm I'm exploding with excitement. I have so many fun things to talk about. <laughs> Dude, I know, I'm so pumped about this. So uh, Kelly Kelly is probably lacking in sanity as much as I am because she has agreed to do this with me. So, <laughs> this is this is very exciting. It's so exciting and I just feel extremely honored that you asked me to do it. So thanks, Bestie. Oh my god, yes, of course. I'm this so excited be, to do this journey with you. It's gonna be a blast. And also, I know, like, we had a, a couple listeners write in who said that they would like to be on an episode in the future, so we would still love to do that in the future. So, like, hang on to your hats. Don't worry. Like, that could still totally be a it's thing. It's coming. Yes. And, uh, you know, just, just continue to give us some time while we get back into, like, the swing of things and Kelly starts to learn how to do some of this cool stuff and, and all of that. And then, you know, hopefully we can head back to kind of the territory where we were at. And, you know, we just got to figure out schedules. I got to finish school. I'm moving. Kelly's got... Two adorable children. It's, there's just a lot happening for both. Adorable or rambunctious. <laughs> they often go hand in hand. So. <laughs> so, um, their father's trying to keep them quiet right now as we speak. <laughs> their father's chloroforming right now as we speak. So, <laughs> so um, before I forget the usual, everybody, we've got all of our social media information in the description. There's also our email there if you have topics. We do have um a story from a listener from a little while back that i still have to cover for a listener's episode but would love to have a one or two more for that so if anybody has any spookala bookala things they'd like to share email us it's right there Please in the description send it to us oh my god i love the listener episodes are some of my favorite episodes it's less like they're really cool they're so great i love like, them and i just i love how involved that the listeners of oddities are i know they're just with the podcast in general it just the support is amazing like truly and i think i said that with the last episode that we filmed was just the the fans are freaking awesome so (laughs) they are the odd fam is the coolest fam um so well you know i guess we can take this this opportunity to say how we are what's going on like i feel like you and i have purposely like maybe withheld a little bit of information this week so we can talk on this (laughs) Uh, probably <laughs> i know i have we usually have our dates on friday but you were out of town one friday i was out of town the next friday so yeah, i just yep, kept yep. getting pushed i mean i mean there's truly not like this is the most exciting thing in my life right now is that i'm the new co-host of oddities <laughs> that is exciting i love this yeah um like other than that i got nothing <laughs> like <laughs> hell yeah okay that's cool well so what, what's going on in my universe at the moment well as everybody knows we're well actually by the time this comes out i think we will have moved so i hope that went smoothly 
Fingers crossed. I believe um, it went smoothly. I am manifesting smooth moves for you. Smoothness. No so, problems. Everything moves in perfectly fine. There's no issues with the new house. All the good juju. That one. I love that. Let's do that. And then um, <laughs> we just got back from Maine. We went for my 30th birthday. So now I'm officially old. And like, I swear to God, I turned 30. And then the next day I was like, I want to start using all clean products. I want to start using all the, like, all of a sudden I was like, my healthcare became like my number one focus. It was so weird. Um, so I highly recommend uh, The Grove for all of that. The Grove. Okay. <laughs> Excuse me. Good to know. Um, and then there's just been like a series of very great things going on, which is awesome. By the time this comes out, I'll have started a new role at work, which I'm very excited about. So that's cool, too. Um, I'm going to be back with my old boss, who I love and adore. She's amazing. And, oh, speaking of manifesting, I do have to share this with the Odd Fam, because I think they're going to think that it is as cool as you and I thought it was. I agree. Okay. Yep. So I was interviewing, and like a couple weeks back, like throughout the process, they never asked me what I wanted in terms of compensation or anything. This is within the same company. It's like, so it's just a different role in the same company and things like that. But I decided on a whim, I was like, okay, I'm going to write down the salary amount and the bonus percentage that I want them to offer me. I get a call mm -hmm. uh, that they're going to do the, like the verbal offer and everything. And I'm like, ready, I'm listening. And she's like, and we'd like to offer you. And it was the exact figures that I wrote down. And I was like, what the fuck? It was so cool. I loved it. <laughs> I loved it. And truly at this point, I think that anything that you want to manifest in your life, you need to do it, but specifically write it in the planner. In my planner. I think the planner is the big part of it. <laughs> it's already happened. Like I've already written down like three more things that I want to <laughs> I want in the next it's gonna happen the planner is powerful the planner is spoken guys so if anybody wants me to manifest some shit for them just let me know and i'll write it in my planner and we'll make it happen <laughs> so, <laughs> the magical planner oh, next year you'll be moving on to another planner but still manifesting in the old planner <laughs> i know i'm not getting rid of this bad boy uh-uh and i also love it's like very on brand for me that it would be my planner that would have the magical powers because i'm like such a I'm like such like a neat freak and a planner and shit. So. Says the girl that the bestie that also has like an entire journal just devoted to oddities now. I love it. Yeah. So get this. This is how cute Kelly is before we were talking. And actually, I mean, you sent me a picture. Uh, was it yesterday or the day before? But like she it was yesterday. She has written down 52 topics. So she's set on her topics for the next year. <laughs> I just really don't want to disappoint the odd fam <laughs> or you, you're not, but you're like, not. I can't, like, I really cannot express how like truly honored I was when you asked like, Hey, do you want to be the new co-host? And I was just like, yes, immediately. And you're like, we'll take two weeks to think about it. I'm like, yes, immediately. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you have a lot in your life. Just take it. Like, just decide if you have the time. Like, what? you're like, Yes. <laughs> And I love you for that. I have the time. <laughs> I love you so much. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Now that we're uh, seven minutes in, I like to think of the one person that called us intolerable the one time. That wasn't you, but that was still when, when Anna was on too. And, like, and then I'm like, okay, well, whatever. But anyway, we're seven minutes in. We should probably get to the juicy shit. So. Yes, we should. Seeing as though this is your like first true co-host episode, would you like to, you want to throw the party? You want to start this shit? I would be honored to start the party. Yes, bitch! Like, I love it. I'm like, I really am excited to talk about the topic that I am bringing to the table today. Yes. Which is the Honey Island Swamp Monster. Spookalaboo! A.K.A. A.K.A. 
the Cajun Sasquatch. <laughs> A.K.A. the Louisiana Wookiee. What the fuck? It has so many cooler names than mine does. I'm pissed. And I'm just like, the one that got me was the Cajun Sasquatch. <laughs> that's my favorite. <laughs> Specifically, I was like, that's great. And, you know, when I was researching this topic, all of... All of the websites I was reading, all the articles I was reading, they all had the same distri- description for this creature, per se. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I'm going to get to that in a minute because it, there's just, it goes deep into like where this creature possibly originated from. Okay. And how it became what it is. Okay. Which is just quite interesting. I'm excited. So, I think we should agree on what we want to call it the whole time. I vote Cajun Sasquatch. I mean, that's my favorite. I also vote okay. Cajun Sasquatch. Sold. The Cajun Sasquatch. <laughs> so, lying between the East Pearl and West Pearl Rivers in Southeast Louisiana, the Cajun, or actually the Honey Island Swamp, is a tract of bottomland that has caused many spooky stories. Due to a certain train wreck in the 20th century, oh. legend has it that back in the day, a traveling circus <laughs> okay. crashed on their way to the next stop, causing them to lose a bunch of chimpanzees that interbred with the local alligator population. What the fuck? Okay. <laughs> so i I have so many questions okay go ahead right first off that makes me think of i don't know if you've seen it but there was a rugrats movie where all the kids get lost in a forest and they happen upon a train wreck and it was a circus oh my god shut and they up. have a monkey fight do you remember Maybe did you that's... see that that rugrats movie Oh my god, maybe this was the inspiration. We love some inspiration. I kind of feel like it was. When I was reading that, that's all that popped into my head was that movie. Oh my god. Alright. That's wild. So, the Cajun Sasquatch is believed to be about seven feet tall, with three-toed webbed feet, and a weight close to 400 pounds. It's Yellow reptilian eyes pierce through the night as it, w- with its matted gray hair and horrid odor. <laughs> Schooled. All right. <laughs> and like now that I'm thinking about it, as reading the description, alligator and chimpanzee, it makes it it tracks. <laughs> so <laughs> it works. Um, <laughs> the first the first spotting of the monster was in 1963 by Harlan Harlan Ford who later returned to the area with a friend to get a cement casting of the creature's webbed clawed foot. Allegedly after Harlan passed away in 1980 a reel from his Super 8 film revealed the Cajun Sasquatch. Oh my god. But that hasn't been shown to the public. <laughs> love this and i love how this happened between the 60s and the 80s specifically right it's like just so bizarre it's a good time what a, it's a good time frame what a time to be alive it. oh my god uh. oh. so yeah um it's believed that the cajun sasquatch haunts these swamp waters specifically the honey island swamp monsters in louisiana um you know reading about this i Ooh. I'm scared for the people of Louisiana. <laughs> they've got a lot of, they've got a lot of um, monsters and creatures lurking, and I don't think I ever want to do a swamp tour there. 
Dude, I know. I actually, though, I am dying to do a swamp tour. But also I'm not because, like, so many bugs. <laughs> like, yeah. A swamp tour would be fun, but I can't get past alligators. Yeah, I know. That's that's concerning. You know what I want to do? I want to get on one of those, um, what the fuck are they called? I guess they're, like, hover boats. The ones that have the giant fans on the back. Oh, like the, yeah, like the... I could... Why does the, the first thing that comes to my head is swamp cooler boat? <laughs> Let's just call it that. Big fan. All right, yeah, swamp cooler boat. Yeah, definitely. That's where it's at. But yeah, they kind of like levitate, don't they? Yeah, they, they like, like kind of hover over the water. Yeah, yeah, and I think they do it a lot in the Everglades too. But like, yeah. Anyway, Louisiana is fucking wild. I love Louisiana. Also, baller food, so good. Oh, big time! I. I've heard nothing but good things about the food from you and Michael. Yes. And I'm just really jealous I haven't been yet. <laughs> well, shit. I'll go with you. Let's let's Louisiana it yeah. up. There's some crazy I, shit. I desperately want to go. I, the history of Louisiana just intrigues me so much. And yeah. I could easily just spend forever there, I think, just learning about their culture and their histories and their stories and myths and legends and all. I would eat that crap up. Dude, for sure. So. <laughs> I know. It's like, I feel like it's a very mystical, magical state, Louisiana. So I'm here for it. Yes. I love them. You know. Yes, we support them. We're there for them. We are. For all the stories. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, the more I looked into the Cajun Sasquatch, the more I realized that people do not mess with him or her. I, I, I don't know their gender. We don't, um, we don't need to gender it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we don't need to gender it. It's fine. It's a. It's apparently a swamp monster. Yep. But, um, it apparently, if you are to come across the Cajun Sasquatch, it's uh, between the hours of like dark and dusk. Of those, course. Those, but I don't know what those hours are. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Does that mean That's... midnight and like? Just before sunrise. That's very fluid, <laughs> depending was... on the time of year. But yes, good. Yes. <laughs> so, um, basically, I guess if you're going to go into the Honey Island Swamp, take a flashlight. Yeah, and you'll sounds be safe. right. Yeah. So, I guess, yeah. That's all I really have for my topic. Um, I did more research, as, most, most, uh, as much research as I possibly could with this. But everything kept coming up with just the same horror stories and a lot of people did believe that harlan ford was um crazy and <laughs> yeah and i want to know okay if you believed he was crazy then what did you believe when you found the footage but also that footage isn't shown now yeah. so is it I all mean, just a myth or is there a cajun sasquatch what do you think? Like, where like where do you live on the spectrum of believing in this thing? I totally believe chimpanzees and alligators. Yeah. yeah. Interbred. Like, I... <laughs> I believe it could happen. <laughs> I just, like, I don't, I don't know what to think. I mean, there's some pretty wild shit out there. I, I don't know. I... I don't know. In the world of cryptids, like I tend to like err on the side of like somebody saw something freaky once, and then over time the story just like mutated and got kind of like out of hand and crazy. Over time, the story just turned into a game of telephone. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly it. And I think that's <laughs> right. Like, yeah, and I think that's like it's safe to say that for like most myths or legends or whatever, like that's I think the case. But I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's fun. I love it. 
the way that um, myth and legends, they, you know, they get passed down from, you know, generation to generation and things get twisted and turned and put upside down. Yeah. <laughs> lack of a better term. Yeah. And I, I think but, that, um, yeah, like people love to put their own spin on oral tradition, like to see however, you know, depending on the crowd they're talking to or whatever. And I think it's just, I think it's so cool to look at that and see how things change over time. Yeah, it would definitely be interesting if we could like actually talk to people of the in that area and like see different if if you ask about the story, how many different variations come out. Yeah, for sure. I mean? Yeah, especially like <clears throat> if you can find people from generations, like different generations to tell the story and, you know, that would be so badass. Dude, wouldn't that be sick? I love it. I love the Cajun Sasquatch. I'm here for it. I love anything Sasquatch related, honestly. And, you know, when I was doing my research with all my topics, there's a lot of different Sasquatches in the U.S. <laughs> Dude, I know. We went to, um, when we were in Maine, we went to the Cryptozoology Museum. I put some pictures up on Instagram. <gasps> you did? It was so much fun. And there was a huge Sasquatch exhibit. And it was the funniest but most amazing and loveliest thing I've ever seen. And I loved it so much. You got the greatest photo from that museum didn't you yeah yeah yes i did and there's also there's i should cover this on the podcast um there's a serpent in the casco bay which like right off of portland and it's named cassie it's me (gasps) you need to it's meant to be it's a sign it is so i love this so was is that is that the the cajun sasquatch that's what we've got that is the cajun sasquatch that's what i have for you today i love it thank you well done you um Thank so you. i this is like a very cryptid episode i have but we're going to a different we're going to a different part of the world we're going to australia i have we're going down we're under. going down under we're going i've, I've got the bun yip which i love that name so much it's the bun yip and you know what i could totally see australians just like hanging out and like seeing this thing just be like you know, and there are, I can't even do an Australian accent, so I'm not going to try, but they'll be like, and then, you know, did you see the bunyip, May? And they'd be like, oh. yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're just so chilled down there. They'd probably be like, yeah, that's what it was. It's no big. Um, <clears throat> what? I have been to Australia. Nothing scares the people of Australia. I can tell you that right now. Dude, they, <laughs> so have, like... they have everything down there. So, like, this, when I was researching it, I was like, yeah, probably, <laughs> probably exists. Like... <laughs> Like, they have no reason to lie. That's my opinion. And, like, I went when I was 16, and I was staying with my godmother at her brother's house, and I woke up, and there was a giant spider. I mean, massive spider on the ceiling. I screamed, and her brother ran, and he went, oh, that's a good one. You don't need to be worried about that. You need to be worried about the small ones you can't see. Like, what the fuck? I know. I went to Australia when I was 14. And I remember I had a giant spider in a hotel room we were staying in. I think I it was in the shower, so I just like ran it and it went down the drain. But yeah, I was like, <laughs> I guarantee you that spider can swim. Probably. I was like, not today, Satan. I need to wash up and be on my way. So, any hoozles? I'm talking about the bunyip, which is a creature from Aboriginal mythology, uh, from southeastern Australia. And it is said to lurk in swamps, billabongs, creeks, riverbeds, and waterholes. So basically just stay away from the water, everybody. <laughs> like, don't touch it. Stay far, far away. Also, billabong is like so Australian. That's in, um, 
Waltzing Matilda, that song. It's like Waltzing Matilda. <laughs> and talk, something about the fucking Billabong. I don't know, whatever. You guys are. Wasn't Billabong like a surf company too? Yeah, it is. Which That's is very true. Australia too. Oh my god, back from my Pack Sun days, I would wear like Billabong sweatshirts like I knew what the fuck about anything. I was such a poser. All right, Same. so anyway, let's. <laughs> Let's talk about where the name came from for Bunyip. Yes. So the origin of the word Bunyip itself has been traced to the Wemba Wemba or Wergaya language of the Aboriginal people of Victoria, which is again in the southeastern Australia region. So the word Bunyip <clears throat> is usually translated by Aboriginal Australians today as devil or evil spirit. Isn't that spooky? So yes, this like more contemporary translation might not accurately represent the role of the bunyip in like pre-contact aboriginal mythology or its possible origins before written accounts were made but some modern sources allude to like this linguistic connection between the word bunyip and bunjil which is a mythic great man who made the mountains rivers man and all the animals so, like a godlike figure isn't that cool so like a creator like figure yeah that's pretty neat yeah, so it's kind of strange how, like, over time we went from, like, this creator thing to, like, also something that could mean devil or evil spirit. But then when you stop and think about it, it's like, well, why couldn't something that created everything also be something that would ultimately, like, destroy everything, no? <clears throat> True. I got the power! So, the word Banyip first appeared in the Sydney Gazette in 1812. And it was used by a man named James Ives to describe, quote, a large black animal like a seal with a terrible voice which creates terror among the blacks, he said, quote. So it was just like, and if you look at pictures of this thing, this is the most ridiculous fucking looking creature I've ever seen. You should, you've got to Google this shit. Yeah, I got to Google it. <laughs> yeah, it's B-U-N-Y-I-P. For anybody who's listening and wants to look it up too. It's um totally oh, bizarre. It looks like a... It looks like a large furry Dobby. Dude, yeah, like it's That's like, the vibes I'm getting right now. Like th that looks very Dobby-ish to me. <laughs> and then there's this one, yeah, and there's this one like like sort of cartoon. Oh, that's even horrifying. Or I know. What is I know. There's this What's like going on with its legs. <laughs> I know. It looks like kind of cartoony. You're probably looking at the one I'm looking at. It looks like a twist between like a Dr. Seuss and early Mickey. Yes, exactly. Early Mickey Mouse cartoon. That's what it looks like to me. The early Mickey Mouse cartoon, definitely. Do you see that style? It's like weird, that, yeah, I'm it's the legs, um the limbs is what's bothering me right now. They're not bending how they're supposed to bend. That's my issue here. <laughs> so the bunyip itself is part of traditional Aboriginal beliefs and stories throughout Australia, while its name varies according to tribal nomenclature. And then in a 2001 book, uh, writer Robert Holden identified at least nine regional variations of the creature known as the bunyip across Aboriginal Australia. So that's really cool to how like all these different tribes and things like that, like they have their own slightly different take on this. I think that's awesome. Um, overall, this creature has been described as amphibious, but almost entirely aquatic, and it inhabits lakes, rivers, swamps, lagoons, yada, 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 and sometimes, quote, particular water holes in the riverbeds. <laughs> Just like, what the fuck? Okay. But, <laughs> but the physical... The more, yeah. Just stay out of the water. Just stay out of the water. Just don't. If you're in Australia, like, just don't bother. I mean, there's enough freaky shit on land. Like, don't even venture into the into the waters because it's just it's crazy. So, physical descriptions of this thing 
very widely. So, like, undoubtedly, when you look this up, there's, like, several different things that showed up, ranging from this freaky early Mickey Mouse-looking shit to, like, something that kind of looked almost like a werewolf-type thing to me. Like, it's kind of all over the map. So, George French Angus may have collected a description of a bunyip in his account of a water spirit from the Murundi people of the Murray River before 1847 and stated, quote, that it is much dreaded by them. It inhabits the Murray, but they have some difficulty describing it. Its most usual form is said to be that of an enormous starfish. I know. Mean- meanwhile, the Chalicum bunyip, um, it's an outline image of a bunyip carved by Aboriginal people into the bank of Fiery Creek near Arat, Victoria, was first recorded by the Australasian newspaper in 1851. And according to the report, uh, that bunyip had been speared after killing an Aboriginal man. And antiquarian Raynell Johns claimed that until the mid-1850s, or 1850s, Aboriginal people made a, quote, habit of visiting the place annually and retracing the outlines of the figure of the bunyip, which is about 11 paces long and four paces in extreme breadth. Um, and the outline image or image now, it doesn't exist. Like it's gone at this point, but, um, a book called the Aborigines of Victoria from 1878 devoted 10 pages to the Bunyip, but concluded quote, in truth, little is known among them respecting its form covering or habits. They appear to have been in such dread of it as to have been unable to take note of its characteristics. So everybody kind of gives it like these different things. Another, another person described it as having a snout, like an owl, but was probably like nocturnal. And then, you know, it's so it just kind of like varies. We've got this giant starfish. We have this Mickey Mouse thing. And then we have whatever the fuck this owl thing is that this lady's talking about. So then it almost sounds like it can shape shift. <laughs> I know, right? Or has that kind of ability, maybe? Yeah, I know. And so presumably, like bunyips have been seen by witnesses, and according to their descriptions, most commonly fits one of two categories. About sixty percent of sightings resemble seals or like dogs that are in the water, and then twenty percent of sightings are of like these long necked creatures with like pretty small heads. And then the remaining descriptions are just like so ambiguous that they like can't categorize them. They're like, and here's the remaining, and this shit's too wild, so we're not gonna try. <laughs> We get, it's so wild we can't describe it that's it bye bye <laughs> yeah we're not going to touch that so the seal dog variety is most often described as being between four and six feet long with a shaggy black or brown coat and according to reports these usually have round heads resembling like a bulldog prominent ears no tail and then whiskers like a seal or an otter would have and then meanwhile the long neck variety is supposed to be between five and 15 feet long and it said it has black or brown fur, large ears, small tusks, a head that's like a horse or an emu, and then like an elongated maned neck that's like three feet long. And it's got like a lot of folds of skin. And it's got a tail. So that one's really fucking freaky. That one we took like five or six different things and we were like, let's put it into a super creature. Let's put it into a pot and just create something. <laughs> and, create, and create a nightmare. So this bunyip yeah. has been described by natives as amphibious, nocturnal, and then inhabiting the, the bodies of water. And then bunyips, according to Aboriginal mythology, can swim swiftly with fins or flippers and have a loud roaring call. And then they feed on crayfish. Do you say crayfish or crawfish? I think it depends on where you're from. I say crawfish. Okay, see, and I say crayfish, so go figure. Uh I- 
I mean, you're East Coast, I'm West Coast, so there you go. There you have it. <laughs> Yours sounds like more legit. Like anywhere that where it's like like Louisiana, for example, it's always crawfish, and then I'm there like crayfish. I like just so don't blend in. Anyway, <laughs> those some legends portray them as like these bloodthirsty predators of humans, particularly like women and children. But bunyip eggs are allegedly laid in platypus nests. I have questions. Does the platypus lay on the eggs? I don't know. Like, do they pay these things to like incubate their eggs for them? I don't know. Um, I have some. Are they like a surrogate mother? Dude, I I don't know. But some think that the bunyip is actually like this water spirit actually called the mullywonk which would get anyone who took more than their fair share of fish from the waterways, or it would take children if they got too close to the water, which is pretty wild and dark. So, yeah. Keep your kids away from the water. Again, just stay away from the water. Yeah, basically the stories teach, like, practical means of ensuring long-term survival for, like, embodying care for the country and also the people. Like, in other words, don't overfish and also don't, like, just take care of yourselves and don't let your kids go by the water alone, you know? Yeah, be careful. Proceed with caution. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Um, There have been, like, different attempts over time to try and explain the origin of this, like, fucking freaky thing. Um, And, like, that's been going on for over 150 years. And in 1933, this dude, Charles Fenner, suggested that it was likely that the actual origin of the Bunyip myth lies in the fact that from time to time seals have made their way up the murray and darling rivers and so they think it's just like a seal that like people are seeing from far away or something um jokes on them i know right and then i i mean i don't know what to make of the ones like they're like in this thing has like a neck that's three feet long in the main i don't i mean i don't know where that shit came from but um other suggestions um are that the bunyip might actually be a cultural memory of extinct australian marsupials uh, known as the Diprotodon, Zygomatorus, Nototherium, or Pelorcastes. And this connection was first formally made by Dr. George Bennett of the Australian Museum in 1871. Um, in the early 1990s, paleontologist Pat Vickers-Rich and geologist Neil Archbold also cautiously suggested that Aboriginal legends perhaps have stemmed from an acquaintance with prehistoric bones or even living prehistoric animals themselves And when confronted with the remains of some of the now extinct Australian marsupials, Aborigines would often identify them as the Bunyip. Um, And they also note that legends about the Mihirung Peringmal of Western Victorian Aborigines may uh, allude to the giant um, extinct birds, the Dromonithidae. Jesus, that was hard. So in other words, all this could actually stem from like animals that are no longer around and then it like it was cultural and oral like tradition and things like that and or they came across these bones and they're like what the fuck is this you know whatever i get that there's there's like a handful and there are some like early accounts from european settlers uh and like it was just like it became commonly held that this was like an unknown animal that awaited discovery and they were un- i'm sorry the dogs I know. This is what you all came for, so just go with it. Anyway, unfamiliar with the sights and sound of the island's continents, a peculiar fauna, early Europeans believed that the bunyip described to them was one or more strange Australian animals that they sometimes attributed unfamiliar animal calls or cries to it. So, like, you know, they, they show up to do their thing, 
And then they're like, well, that sounds weird. It must be the bunyip. And I think they just, they were just like, we're going to use this as like an explanation for all this crazy shit. <laughs> the whole time I'm learning about the bunyip from you, I'm sitting here thinking, if this animal's to wash shore, yeah. <laughs> injured, or this creature, perhaps, would the Irwins take it in to rehabilitate it at the zoo? <laughs> Dude, 100%. The Irwins are like gods among people i'm gonna just shut the door because i think Corey's back now hold on oh no problem i just think it would be really great <laughs> this thing washes ashore from whatever body of water it decided to come out of <laughs> and the Irwins think it's a seal or maybe a starfish or <laughs> maybe a dog, or what have you yeah like creature or what have you and you know they rehabilitate it and then they go what now do we keep you or set you free <laughs> we don't dude, know what to do with you <laughs> dude i for sure think they would just keep it and just like give it a wonderful life they're just wonderful people the Irwins. i love them so much. oh they much. are they're so pure genuinely <laughs> i know do you follow i follow them on instagram it, it like makes my whole day anytime they post anything i do too i follow all of them on instagram and robert had posted that side-by-side photo of him feeding an alligator his father once fed and i was like i'm done i'm crying i'm done (laughs) robert's like growing up to be very handsome i'm just gonna say that he's he's a handsome boy oh he there was a video circulating on tiktok of him denying this woman she's like i i messaged you on on instagram i just wanted to know if you wanted to go on a date with me and in the most polite way possible he just (laughs) denied her Oh my god. <laughs> and, and the comments just said that. Um, knowing that you just got denied, but it was so polite that you're just fine with it. <laughs> because exactly. Robert Irwin did it. That's exactly right. Oh god, I love it. Um, all right. But yeah, no, I truly believe that the Irwins would give the Bunyip a wonderful home. Dude, for sure. So. They would love it. They'd be like, look at this beauty. And then they'd just like, give it this wonderful, like, place to live and like you know support it in every wonderful way life it would be wonderful and then maybe they'd bring back all populations of bunyips who knows i don't know they'd find a way so there have been like supposed fossil records of bunyips oh my over time um i mean of course most of these have been explained at this point overall it seems like a lot of times they find like uniting characteristics of a bird and alligator all in one but then also like this emu head and like a long bill the australian museum in 1847 got this like peculiar skull that was taken by a settler from the banks of the murrumbidgee river um which was near balrenald ball yeah (laughs) balrenald that was weird to say new south wales um and initial reports suggested that it was the skull of something unknown to science um but by, let's see, by July 1847, several experts uh, had identified the skull as actually a deformed fetal skull of a foal or calf that the person had found. And they were like, no, it's not a bunyip. Oh. You know, whatever. So, I like, most of these have been... Ex- I know. They've been explained away pretty much over time. Um, and now, bunyip is becoming, like, it's become over time this figure of speech. And by the 1850s, bunny was, bunyip was also used as a synonym for imposter, pretender, humbug, and the like. Although the use of the word is now pretty much obsolete, but yeah, it was like a thing for a while. And the term bunyip aristocracy was first coined in 1853 to describe Australians aspiring to be aristocrats. <laughs> in the early 
In the early 1990s, Prime Minister Paul Keating used this term to describe members of the conservative Liberal Party of Australia opposition. And the word Bunyip can still be found in a number of Australian contexts, including place names such as the Bunyip River and the town of Bunyip, Victoria. And that is the Australian Bunyip thing. I don't even know what to call it. It's just a thing. I like the thing. Yeah, I love it. Personally, I'm a big fan of the Bunyip. I I love that it has so many things named after it now. Like, it's truly left an impact of some sort. Dude, I know, for sure. It's like, I don't know, Australia, like, from what I remember when I went there, like, first of all, it's like a very proud country, and they have, like, so many cool aspects of it that they love to honor. Like, they love, like, the Aboriginal people, and, like, I got to see, like, this whole... You know, they put on like this whole show and it, like we learned so many cool things from them and they were like they were amazing to talk to. And then like they do like all these really amazing museums there that have so much about like Australian history, but also Australian culture and like folklore. I don't know, it's just like a really cool nation. And I, I think it's cool that they continue to even honor the Bunyip, this crazy bitch. Australians definitely like I agree. They're just very proud. And the way that they honor their culture is really beautiful. It generally. is. Um. I wish we had, when I was there, that we had the option to go to more museums and learn about that stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was a family trip, and the most I did was go to the Australian Zoo. That was was cool, too. Oh, my God. Yeah, I went there as well. Did you hold a koala? I held a koala. I pet a kangaroo. I saw the crocodile show. I saw, I, I had one one thing that I was allowed to do and it was, okay, what do you, what is it that you want to do? And I was like, the Australia Zoo, like, hell yeah, hands down. Right. And at first I remember my godmother's, um, sister-in-law was kind of like, uh, you don't want to go there. We'll go to a different zoo. They've got the same things. And my godmother was like, she wants to go to the Australian Zoo. That's all she wants to do. (laughs) (laughs) Give her this. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And it was such a cool experience going like, I mean, yeah, it's a zoo, but it's the Australian zoo. It's the Irwin zoo. I know. It's amazing. I, <laughs> I was loved like, it. All of my childhood dreams come true there. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> but, um, and like, even that, the, the Australia zoo, their goal is to rehabilitate and, and release again. It's not yeah. to keep captive, you know? Yeah, and which is wonderful. I think that's such a wonderful thing. Yeah. And, like, looking back at that awful fires that mm-hmm. Australia was having, the people of Australia in general, I'm not talking about just the zoo, I'm talking about, I mean, there was random civilians running into burning forests to save koalas. That's freaking cool. But I know, like, they're so cool. I love them. Oh, they're very kind. Yes. Down under. Yes, I know. Like, we should all, let's all be like the Australians. They're very cool. I love them so much. And I think we had, like, a few Australian listeners. I can't, like, like, it tells me regions where people are listening to this. And it's very cool. Um, you know, if you're curious, I'll give you access to That's all that, That's really, too. really neat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's fun. And, um, yeah. But anyway, that's that's all I have on the bunyip. I guess the the general thing that we can take away from both of these creatures is just like maybe just don't go near the water the end like ever again <laughs> stay from stay away from swamps like you know proceed with caution great great caution enter at your own risk type of deal there's some freaky shit yeah. out there i don't know like i don't know but between the cajun sasquatch and the bunyip i just i think I don't know that I necessarily truly believe in either, but also why the fuck not? Who knows? Why not? Shit's wild. It's fun to, it's fun to learn about these 
I know. Creatures and these myths, and they say that heavily with quotations. Yeah. Um, yeah. And legends, and it's really, it's really cool and bizarre just like how these become stories and how these become the, these myths and legends. I love it. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I love My it. favorite part is how people, like so many people from these areas, will just like accept it. They'll be like, oh, yeah that thing and then they'll oh yeah we don't mess around with that (laughs) yeah i know oh yeah we don't go there there's this to deal with and it's like huh say what but yeah i love it i love it so much do you ask questions or just accept it you just accept okay well i'll I'll trust you then and just move on life (laughs) oh oh god i gotta love it well well done most excellent on your first official co-host episode snaps for kelly Mm-mm-mm-mm. oh thank you thank you thank you so much thank you for having me yes 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 thank you i hope i listeners i hope that i do you proud oh my god you're going to do you are are you ready to say part of the closing now that it's official yeah i am okay. i think i am all right here it comes until next time stay strange yes she did it <laughs>